Hi everyone, I'm Trisha Bell. Hi, I'm Georgie Young. And welcome to CTE Talk, a podcast where we talk all about CTE, concussion culture and sport, and life as a family member. Every Monday, we will be joined by guests to shed light on the neurological disease, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Join us on our mission to raise awareness and educate others. Welcome everyone back to CTE Talk. Um, our guest today is Miss Pamela Webster. Um, Pam, as some of you probably know and many may not, is the wife of Mike Webster, who was the first player to be diagnosed postmortemly with CTE. She's been an advocate for many, many, many years for our older players in the NFL. And um, she's our guest today. Welcome, Pam. Hi, Pam. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for being here. Okay. So, Pam, I know you and I have, have been friends for a while on and I've shared stories and stuff, but, and many do know your story, many do not. But if you could start with whatever, if I ask, um, how has CTE affected you and your family? Let's start well, there. Well, we, and we're talking way back when in the late 80s, when Mike was finishing up in Pittsburgh and headed to Kansas City. In Pittsburgh, I noticed many, many changes in his personality. And I believe he had, you know, the early stages of CTE back then. And it only became worse when we went to Kansas City and they became more pronounced. Now, I think and I've talked to you know some of the experts about this. In Mike's case, it was very rapid. Uh, a lot of cases, you know, the CTE lingers and it lasts a long time. I think I believe that this is due to the uh, the fact that he did play center on the offensive line, which I think is probably the worst position to uh, avail yourself to getting CTE because you're going down and coming up and one doctor said that, you know, it was the, the equivalent of having like 20 to 30,000 car accidents, you know, that kind mm -hmm. of force on your brain and things like that. Um, the things that happened back in, in Pittsburgh were his personality changed. He didn't have quite the, you know, the patience, the interest. He got angry easily, forgetful, headaches, you know, the the typical things. Now, in Mike's case back then, we didn't know what we were dealing with. A lot of people will say, you know, the football players just get old and get crazy and they die. And now we know that part of the, the personality and the damage that occurs when they get older is related to the CTE and the hits on the head. And um, when we went to Kansas City, his uh, temperament, his personality changed even more. Lack of interest at holidays, um, concentration was different, energy was different, confusion was there to stop paying bills, our finances got kind of sketchy, and then so rapidly, after we were done in Kansas City and went to Wisconsin, everything went wrong within, let's say, maybe a nine-month to 18-month period, we went from having a, a good estate and having huge marital problems and problems with the kids. Um, I couldn't talk to Mike like I used to. He was not interested or, or like cognizant of what was going on around him. 
and very vague, wouldn't pay bills. Uh, we lost all of our belongings in a storage garage because he forgot to pay the bills. Uh, mm. There was a time I found out our kids' college education money was cashed in because he made a bad investment. You know, he got some bad advice, which is very, very common with mm -hmm. a lot of us wives, we'll sit back and say, yeah, financially we were lost. A lot of us way back when didn't have the rights we do now, which wives now are aware of and enjoy, um, not enjoy, aware of and can can take advantage of. Um, there's also more information now. Um, you know, there there is the violence in football, there's violence in these men when, they retire and don't know how to deal with things. There's also the pride issue. They were a football player. It was very, very hard for us and it still is. We moved back to Wisconsin, which was a disaster and people made fun of Mike back there. You know, um, we didn't have any support at all because nobody knew what it was. Well, a lot of people would say, oh, it's her fault. She's met, she's, you know, he's mad at her and she did it and moving back to Wisconsin and, no real direction and things. There's no handbook there, at least back then, there was not a handbook for life after football or living with CTE. We didn't even know what it was. It wasn't until years later, we put a name and a label on this. And, you know, thank God, Mike is like the father of CTE. And it was a high price to pay. I think Mike being the team player, he would, would, would pay that price to help somebody else. He was just such an unselfish person. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just sad to see what had happened. I think my role in it was, I didn't know what was happening. You know, I just reacted, maybe not in the right way. Um, I'm a better person now. I've learned so much. I've gotten so much support for, from ladies like Trisha and uh, Allison and Chie and, and just so much more. I can't tell you how much that means to me. And it's kind of helped me through the process of, you know, grieving for the past, fixing the past, you know, just dealing with what I didn't know. So it's been a real journey and, and the effects on family are everlasting. I don't think they ever go away. Mm -mm. Now you, you and Mike had four kids? Four kids, yeah. Four kids, yes. And how old were the kids when um, when Mike started not being aware of, of things? Well, in Pittsburgh, and... let me see, it'll take me a while because I'm not real good. That's fine. <laughs> Dates and things. When we left Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh, that was very traumatic for Mike because he thought we were going to have a career in Pittsburgh and he was kind of led down that path and then that didn't work out for causes we never, you know, reasons we never found out about. Um, and he was trade, you know, he quit football, then he was going to take coaching and then he went back to football. Um, Hillary was about three. Garrett would have been about about five um the older kids would have been like in seventh grade and um at very impressionable ages so the older two know more about of mike and that the younger two didn't but in in every way we all knew something was wrong we just couldn't put our finger on it we didn't know what was going on with dad well what would mike say would, would he um was he aware of the changes in himself? Later on, he was very aware. He said his brain was like tangled fishing wire. And I think that's a perfect way to explain how the brain works on CTE. Um, sometimes he didn't understand. Sometimes he, he, he 
would feel very sad after, you know, an explosive time where he might have, you know, ripped, you know, one time he was very upset and this would happen often. I mean, you don't know what it's like, like dealing with like some kind of time bomb and you don't know when it's going to go off. It's kind of like, you might be fine. I mean, one, one instance, I would say I'd walk in a room and if my picture on the desk was down, I knew there was going to be trouble that day. But if my picture was up, things were okay with him. And at Christmas, he wasn't involved with the kids. And it's just, there's so many facets to CTE and, and an, not an attack, a CTE attack. I don't think you can call that, but there are, epi I guess the good word is a CTE episode mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. afterwards you feel terrible, but during it, you know, all things might get destroyed. Yes. It's very, it's, my heart goes out to anybody living with it because it is a CTE hell. It is. Mm -hmm. And may mm -hmm. I ask, what's the, di what was the dynamic like trying to look after young children and also monitor and witness the changes of your partner at the same time? Okay. And I, I think that I'm going to be really clear about this. I think now would be very different than back then. I if I handled it now, um, based on the information that's on there, the support that's on there, and the knowledge we have, it would be totally different. But back then, I didn't know. The kids didn't know. They didn't know what was going on with daddy, why he was sad sometimes, why he wasn't interested sometimes, why we lost so much, why we were fighting like when we didn't. I mean, we were very respectful of each other, and all of a sudden, Mike and I were fighting a lot you know, disagreeing over things, trying to find out what financially he was cashing in to do something else. It was like living with two different people. So um, the dynamics was we lost everything. Within an 18 month period, I had to start work at like, um, I don't know what you would call it. It's not fast food, but like a drive-in restaurant sort of place. And that was really hard, but I had to do it to get insurance for the for the kids to go through school. Mike would send money sporadically. Some months we would get some money, some months we wouldn't get money. I found out that I wasn't listed on pretty much all of our investments. So I couldn't stop any of the behavior where he would spend money without my knowledge or cash in you know, savings or annuities or things like that. It, it, I think it was really hard because I had to be both places and try to explain things. I didn't handle it well. I'll admit that now. I wish I could have handled it differently then. I have a lot of regret about that. I have regrets about, you know, we got a divorce just because I don't think that we, neither one of us really knew what was going on. I mean, so much was lost and so much anger, confusion, not knowing, not trusting. And there is a dark side to CTE that a lot of people don't want to talk about. With the kids, it was our normal structure, our normal routine was removed. You know, Mike was no longer Mike. He was someone else. And we didn't understand the happening to it. And we were, you know, once you're out of football and you don't have that football routine, I think it's really hard on the guys and it's hard on the family. Mm -hmm. And when you mentioned that dark side, not know, not many people know the dark side of CTE. Could you delve into that a bit deeper and what that meant to you? Yeah, there is a dark side to CTE. It's not often talked about. And I want to be very um, respectful of, of the guys because truly you can't judge these guys when they have CTE and this dark side 
because it's not really them. You're no longer talking. And I try to say this to some, you know, I've often had wives send me um, emails or direct messages and saying, you know, privately, what's going on? What should I do? I know you said that you regretted your divorce and regretted what happened to you way back then. What should I do? You know, he's threatening me. He's, this is a great one. He's paranoid. He's mm -hmm. believing things are there that aren't really there. I mean, for a while there, I thought my phone was tapped. I thought I was being followed. Um, Mike was very suspicious of me. And, you know, back then it was different because women didn't have the power. Wives didn't have the power. I didn't know about, oh, you're entitled to this amount of money or you're entitled to help. There was no help. I one time called the NFL and said, you know, Mike needs some stuff done in the hospital. He's got some cellulitis and we had no insurance. And they said, sorry, you know, and I thought, oh my God, they're not covered by insurance. I thought that was so odd that, and now there are places to turn, but okay, back to the dark side. I think it's the paranoia, the mistrust, the communication. Um, I had talked to, I think Dr. Omalu or one person I can't remember which doctor it was, but I said, you know, his behavior was so weird. He went into things he would never have gone into. And they said that the governor on the brain and that part of the brain is in that frontal lobe. So if this behavior comes up, you're going to get um, very disturbing behavior that isn't common with them because they can't control it, you know, and it goes from husbands thinks, oh, they're having affairs, they're uh, um, spending all my money, I, they can't be trusted. It's true, you're dealing with somebody that no longer is. And I try to explain that to the wives, you're not dealing with him anymore. You're just dealing with a behavior, you're dealing with this CTE monster that lives inside of him that he doesn't even know. You know, a lot of times I know Mike had about with abusing Ritalin. And in retrospect, the Ritalin was the only thing that woke his brain up and helped it work. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what are you going to do there? You know, that's the lesser of two evils. If something helps and, and they do what they can just to feel normal at times. Did, did Mike um, use, or if, if it's okay, did he use any other uh, substances? No, no. I, for a long time, you know, and Garrett has talked about this too. In Pittsburgh, we didn't get any real support from any of the players other than, you know, I think Franco was a big supporter, you know, um, God bless him, but uh, he was such a kind man. And there were a few others, but generally the wives in Pittsburgh that we had played with, the guys in Pittsburgh, everybody didn't know what was going on. You know, Mike was ch changing and I think, you know, a couple of them reached out a couple of times, but you know, Mike didn't want any help. The pride was there. Um, mm -hmm. At the start, now this is very different than now. At the start, we were really lost. I mean, we were alone. Nobody understood that there was a rumor going around, oh, that's just drug use. Mike Webster's got drug use. And it wasn't drug use. It was CTE. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, there was the Ritalin, yeah. But, you know, I don't believe there was any alcohol. We were, you know, like I was in Wisconsin with the kids trying to, get them through school, which was a project in itself. But, you know, he spent a lot of time out in Pittsburgh. And thank God Garrett was there because Garrett became what I should have been back there. I would have been able to give him more help and not be afraid and do the right thing. 
and um, it's just a really hard journey. My heart goes out to all these, you know, women, men, all these families suffering with. That's where my heart lies. Mm-hmm. Mm. And for you personally, what was the moment where you kind of felt enough's enough? I know you mentioned obviously back then there wasn't a lot of well, there was no information, there was no resources. No, and there I kind was of wonder what I wonder what the breaking point was for you. I just think it just went on. There was no, um, it just went on and, you know, it's, it's, it's like the stress just goes on every day and you don't realize it and you become so used to stress that you don't react. It's almost like being in a war zone. You know, you're so used to the bullets flying and the things happening that you don't react to normal. You don't know what normal is anymore. I was at the doctor the other day and he said, well, when is the last time you felt unstressed? And I said about 30, 35 years ago. I mean, that continues. It doesn't just go away. The effects of CTE is always there. You know, you always have the regrets, the memories. The breaking point comes when you have no support. Back then, and I'm not talking about now, back then you had no support. Family didn't understand. Everybody blamed me. You know, I wasn't being a good enough wife I moved to Wisconsin it was not the right place to do um I didn't handle it well and I would handle it very differently now but you're so used to stress that you can't save yourself it's like being in being hit by another wave every day obviously your partner becomes unrecognizable CC makes people unrecognizable but do you but do you, did you feel unrecognizable? Could you not recognize oh, yeah. yourself? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't. My behavior, I did not react well to it. There's help now. There wasn't help back then. There are programs in place now that the NFL has done. So I think the NFL has made some strides forward. And I commend them on that. But there's still a lot to be done, especially with us older players. And, and, and we could use benefits. People are like, oh, you're Mike Webster's wife and you don't get any benefits at all? And I'm going, no, once in a while they send us a trophy. The, uh, uh, Mr. Rooney's been good about inviting us to game. That has been healed, you know, that helped. But um, I lost myself. I wasn't me anymore. I was just, at one point, you know, you'd go out just to have a couple beers with some friends just to get away. And in retrospect, you say, oh, what was I doing? That wasn't even me, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, you do lose yourself. It's CTE is an all-encompassing monster. It's like a horrible cancer that just reaches everything and doesn't care, you know, what it devours, what it gets at. So, Mm -hmm. and you can talk to any, you know, wife, husband, player, girlfriend, anything. They'll tell you kind of the same story in a different way. They sure will. And that paranoia is almost always oh, the paranoia constant is, no, among them. Right. The paranoia is constant and it's damaging. And and it kind of like you react in the other way because, you know, it's the push-pull. The, the more somebody pushes at you. And I don't think they even know what their thoughts are. I honestly think the thoughts just come and all sorts of things unravel in their mind. But the paranoia is is horrible it's damaging to a marriage because this guy you don't know who he is anymore and he's not the 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 same in any way you know mike was very structured very disciplined um 
he, his interests were all family. It was family football, faith, you know, and that, and those things were all lost. But um, yeah, the, the darkness of CTE is very real and it's very there. And I think out of respect to the, the player and being a hero and being who they are, a lot of people just don't want to talk about that. You know, like I thought several times about, you know, writing a book and really getting the truth out there about how, how horrible this disease is. And then I don't want people to remember Mike by being sick with CTE, even though it's helped millions. I don't want him remembered in that way because Mike loved football. He loved helping. He loved, you know, the, the forgotten child outside that was maybe handicapped. Mike had the biggest heart ever. And he's very well respected, but you know, I kind of wonder sometimes why he was chosen for the position he is. You know, he was. Why he mm -hmm. was the one that opened Pandora's box. You know, why was it not somebody else? And then I realized it had to be somebody like Mike to have this effect on football and on all, all of our lives because Mike was well respected, listened to, and he was. He didn't give up. When he was knocked down, he would get right back up and go in. And I think it took that along with, you know, we've, we've had help. I can't thank the wives and the girlfriends. It's just like Trisha and, and some of the other wives that have given me my life back, my, my uh, respect back, because I didn't have that. I didn't have any support in any way for so many years. And I just felt like crap. I, we'd go buy um, a football jersey in a store and I'd say, was that me? Was that my life? You know, and I just couldn't connect to it. And um, this wonderful group of women just, and they weren't, nobody from the Steelers, no Steeler wives. These wonderful group of women just came in and gave me a hug and supported me for who I was. And that meant the world to me because, you know, after dealing with CTE um, as, a, as a wife, as a girlfriend, as a supporter, even the other way around, as a husband or as a best friend or whatever, your, your self-esteem just hits the rocks. You have no self-esteem. You're beaten down to think everything everybody's blamed you for or what the guy has blamed you for, that's who you are. And you lose yourself and you lose your identity and you, you need somebody to pick you back up. And that's what my wonderful support system, like Tricia, and um, I won't name all the friends, but just some incredible people, even on Facebook groups, you know, once in a while, Garrett, both Garrett and I get a lot of, you know, people who've had CTE in, in many forms, not just football, they'll reach out and say thank you, you know, and thank Mike for bringing this up and, and being able to talk about this thing that they didn't understand. Yeah, it's it's been a, a long road since 2009 and and forward. What, what year did Mike die? He, he's been gone 20 years now. He passed away in 2002 at 50 oh years old. So, you know, absolutely when everybody needed him most, he was gone and, you know, he was sick for years beyond that. We were only, you know, divorced for five months when he died. And oh. in, in retrospect, that was really stupid. It was just, you know, you've dealt with something so long that it just happens. It was just on the courts and it did. And it's very sad. It makes me sad. It's hard for us because the benefits we would have got had we been married would have helped my family out of we'd have a home. I don't have a home. I haven't had a home in 10 years. I haven't had an apartment of my own in 10 years. You know, I'm working. I'm a part-time caregiver. Um, 
And I don't know, you just get down. You don't think life can be, sometimes you see other wives and you think, well, their life is so different, you know? They're on vacation, mm -hmm. you know, why don't we do that? I'm sure, Trisha, you feel the same way because I know you're working too. And and even working hard at bringing this, this to light in this podcast. And, you know, it takes a lot of guts to get out here and, and talk about your failures and his failures and your marriage failures and that, but you know what? somewhere someone's listening and saying I can identify that I can I'm not alone I live through this too and how can you know how can I feel better about myself or, or help him more or something so that's what we're doing you know we reach yes. out and I know that you know despite everything we've gone through this is the reason you know we're there to help each other and I know you mentioned how you lost yourself during kind of the whole experience and process how did you work towards finding yourself again or finding a new self because there's no surprise that this experience would ch completely change a person well you know i think um the love like i've said the love of, of trisha um chie allison the 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 these group of wives that just came out of nowhere just to support me helped me believe i was okay again you know that i you know i'd been through hell and I lived. Um, I think my faith in God, you know, not many people want to talk about that, but I, it's, it, it's made me a different person. It's made me realize that sometimes you do the right thing, you know, and that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. And I think that as you age, especially now, I'm going to, you know, I'm 71 you look back and you say, I want to make a difference for somebody with the rest of the time. So you do more thoughtful, meaning things. My life isn't perfect. You know, every day I would go, you know, I just want a home. I want a family back. You know, my family's not normal. Every one of them is still struggling. And I think it's going to be that way forever. Um, I wish, I think the things that Mike would have wanted for our family are gone. I don't know how they would ever come back. You know, the the Christmases together, they're gone. They, they will never happen again. My family as a unit, my children and I have not been together since Mike's funeral. Um, I don't think it's ever gonna happen again, 20 years. There's changes that happen within the family structure. Um, as a person, I just think the support of other people that have lived through CTE, because it's like, it's like having a, a disease like I tell the lady I work for that has Parkinson's I said nobody knows what you're suffering with with Parkinson's unless you walk that journey and nobody knows what it's like living with or suffering with somebody with CTE unless you live through that journey you walk that walk and these in incredible women and men who have reached out to us have done that mm -hmm. I really appreciate the honesty and I think support is the key isn't it really um support and knowledge you know and, and i think you know mm -hmm. i think support knowledge i think the nfl could do so much more for us as a group i think they're on their way i think they've done some support it's so much better now than it was mm -hmm. you know 40 years ago but we're not where we need to be and mm -hmm. cte is really a hard thing to talk about not just because of the 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 conditions or the brain or this it's it's just a very private struggle you know a lot of a lot of even men 
have written Garrett and I and just said, you know, I don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, was Mike like this? And it's really hard. It's hard to know, okay, this is what you got ahead of you. Or we see it in other athletes that have been that, that are slow to speak and their thought processes slow down. Or you might hear about their anger, their paranoia, their delusions. And you think of a family. That's where my heart mm-hmm. lies as a family. Mm-hmm. Does speaking about it bring you peace, though? Does speaking about it bring me peace? Yeah. Speaking about your story. Yeah. You know, it does because, like I said, I'm not now who I was then. If I could take my person now and put it back then, I would handle things so much different with the knowledge I have and the person I am. I'm a better person today. If Mike knew me today, I think I think we would get along a whole lot better. I think we'd love each other more because you can take a situation like a CTE or anything, and you can either grow with it or get angry. And some people got angry and I've, I've through the kindness of others. And that mm-hmm. is the key, the kindness of others, the kindness of Tricia, the kindness of so many of the friends that have reached out to me, young and old players, young and old wives. They've reached out. That's how you heal. That's how you get through this. And mm-hmm. um, if we can help somebody else, then, you know, Mike didn't die all, all in vain. You know, he's, he's, we've got to help each other through this. That's the only way you survive CDE. Uh, oh, and so education, just, like Georgia said, I, I think that you just you said bet, education. You yeah. Yeah. Don't turn a blind eye because you want your son to be a football player or you want to marry a football player. If you want to marry a football player, put your seatbelt on. It's not going to be an easy ride. It's like maybe some bigger perks now than it was back then, but it's not an easy ride, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the education I think is getting out there. And I think things like this, what you're doing right now is going to help many, many, many people. The more we reach in many wives who think, oh my God, I'm alone. I recognize this in my husband. I recognize this in my boyfriend. And what can I do from here? You know, that's, that's the things that we need to help each other on because we don't always have that charity, that, that handout, you know, that you know, that manual to how to survive a CTE Mm. and life and life Mm. after football. There's not always that there. So kind of, we've got a great network of women and men that help each other through this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so you refer to yourself as you're better now, you're kind of a better version of yourself. So I just wondered, what would your better self give as advice to someone going through this at the moment? You know, I think my better self would be make sure you understand it's not you he's angry at it's the cte in his brain making him a different person don't take it personally or you will just crucify yourself you will lose your self-esteem you will lose yourself you will lose the energy that you have to get through the day and make a good decision um i think structure is important calmness is important There's so many things that when you're living with CTE or someone with CTE, you're living in a cyclone, you're living in a hurricane. It's hard to find that calm in that kind of a storm. And you have to, you know, you have to find the direction, the calmness, the routine, keep things the same. You know, Mm -hmm. at some point you have to decide, can I live with him? Can he not only manage alone? Because you may never get that old person back. 
You know, you may get in a relationship or a marriage, you will never see that person again. CTE has changed him forever. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse and it's going to get harder. So you have to decide whether you're going to be along for the long haul or not. Um, back then it was a hard struggle trying to figure that out. And now I think through education, through talking about it, we know how to support each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I want to add, I was going to tell you, Pam, that, you know, there are, there are many wives that knew about CTE shortly after they got married to whoever the, the person that they're living with CTE and, and still ended up at the same place, you know, with a destroyed family and all that, knowing what was going on with their loved one the whole time knowing that CTE was in there and still trying to make it all work. And so, you know, I don't, I just don't want you to be blaming yourself or, or let anybody do that. I know you probably don't anymore as much, but you know, even if well, you knew about it's it. It's always kind of like, I think it's always back there because we were one of the first and we didn't understand it. Um, and, and I got that, understand that, I got that a lot from Mike. It was my fault. I got it a lot from my family, my friends, fans, you know, people. Every it was my fault because you know I'm the the woman behind the man, and and I think with us we always led such a quiet, common life. We were not celebrity, you know. Let's like Garrett sometimes says, I didn't know my dad was a big deal. You know, we didn't do that. We you know we took walks in the woods. We had a very plain house. And we didn't have that celebrity that people do now, but yeah, you, you just wish, you know, in your heart of hearts, you could go back and fix things, or you could make things better by the better person you are today. You know, you're still a wounded person. You're always going to carry that around and it creeps up on you some days worse than others. And I think that's where you have to reach out to somebody like Tricia, like somebody like um, you, like you're doing, Georgia, you're informing people and, and get that support. If you can't get it through the, who you were married to, who's suffering with CTE, then you have to get it somewhere. You know, faith is a big deal with that because it keeps you going when there's nothing else that wants you to go. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like the damage done to the family never stops. It just, and you can be in the storm and not know how to get out of the storm. You know, this that's just the way it is so you got to find a lifeline somewhere and you are right the nfl has has put together a lot of programs they uh, have now. now you know it's like when when we were doing i mean we really we don't get the benefits we should let's be honest but we also realize we open pandora's box we're kind of like you know, could have put it under the rug, could have not said anything, but for a reason it was opened and now the world knows about it. You know, the world's indebted in a way to Mike Webster. And, you know, sometimes we we forget that he was a great, great football player, you know, the best at what he did, but he also mm -hmm. did a lot for the world of CTE and a lot of world for the brain injury. Um, I wish, you know, sometimes life would have been different for us. I can't imagine what it would be had he not gotten CTE. But, you know, that's, you know, that I think with 
you know, soulfulness, mindfulness, whatever, you just make peace with the fact that this is your journey, accept it and be the best person you can be to help somebody else. Yeah, wonderful. We actually have a closing kind of tradition on our podcasts, um, Pam, and basically a previous guest who you won't know who it is because it doesn't link up to the episodes, asks a question for the for the next guest. So I know we kind of touched upon the symptoms that Mike was showing, but the question today is, what is personally your most challenging symptom of CTE and what were your coping mechanisms to deal with it day to day? Okay, I am going to tell you that the, the most challenging symptom was probably the loss, the paranoia, the loss of the personality of the person you're dealing with, the anger, the, oh, I'm not saying one word, um, the volatileness of CTE. Now I know that it, that's not always directed at me. It's not always my fault. It can be just the disease's fault. And I think that takes a load off and helps you keep your mind straight when you're going through that. There's, mm -hmm. there's not a lot you can do. You have to keep yourself in a safe place. As a woman, as a man, CTE can be very destructive and very dangerous. You have to keep yourself in a safe place and your children, they don't know what happened to daddy. They don't know what happened to mommy. You know, it's a very volatile place. Um, I think the structure and the calmness, now there's so much more help, so much more support than there was back then. The damage was done back then. I can't fix that. All I can go is, you know, encourage the people forward that um, there's a lot of help. There are a lot of people that care out there that have been through this. And it's not you, it's the disease. Number on your self-esteem and your ego and your heart and your soul. It's CTE is not a nice thing to live with. It's not like going through having some other kind of disease. CTE is a, a monster onto itself. It's, you know, and, and if you've been through it, you know what I'm talking about. You know, there's, it's just... You know, uh, should they continue football with with the risk of it? Because should they continue sports? Yeah, I think there will always be the need for for sports, but mm. I think we need to make them safer, and we're doing that. We're making mm -hmm. people more knowledgeable. The careers are shorter; they're not going to be long seventeen year careers anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. Well, what an incredible lady you are, Pam, after everything you've Oh, thank through. you. I don't think so, but I try. No, I try really hard. I, I know so. Like, yeah, well, you know what? You guys have, I, I, I love you guys. You know, I can't tell you enough what a difference you've made in my life by just saying, I'm, I'm there. I understand. I've got your back. You know, you need that. You need that, just that support. And you guys have given that. There's a, a whole CTE community that supports each other and, and that really looks to each other for, you know, just for that inner support for the person that's dealing with it. It is quite amazing. It's quite amazing, the community that, mm -hmm. that's out there now. Mm -hmm. 
So mm -hmm. thank you so much, Pam. Oh, thank you guys. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Georgia. So nice to meet you. It's and, so lovely uh, to meet you. Trisha, thank you so much. You're welcome, God bless sweetie. You. I'll talk, I'll talk to you soon. Thank okay. you. Love you. Okay, bye. Okay. See you right, later, Pam. So we have a couple of questions that I'm going to answer that you guys sent in on our Instagram at CTU Talk podcast. So the first question I got this week was, when can you diagnose CTE in the living? So as we know, CTE is currently a disease that can be diagnosed um, at autopsy. It can't currently be diagnosed during life. However, a new study has provided some evidence that a commonly used brain imaging technique, also known as MRI, may expedite the ability to diagnose CT with confidence within the living. So to learn how to diagnose neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's disease, scientists usually study a population during life and confirm a diagnosis after death, which can take decades. So to shorten this timeline, Jesse Mez, who is actually the director of Boston University's Alzheimer's Disease Center Clinical Care and also the Boston University's CT Center Investigator and some other colleagues work backwards reviewing the medical records of deceased brain donors and analyzing their MRIs obtained during life um, of an average of four years prior to death. And these were compared to the MRIs of 55 diagnosed men with CTE to 31 male healthy controls um, with normal con cognition at the time of their scan. Um, MRIs are commonly used to diagnose progressive brain diseases that are similar to CTE, such as Alzheimer's. So the findings from this study show us that we can expect to see an MRI in CTE, which is super exciting because it brings us that much closer to detecting CTE in living people. And I think that would bring a lot of closure to caregivers and family members and also the patients, because I think a lot of people who are suffering from symptoms of CTE, there's an element of confusion and asking themselves why is my brain not working properly or the way I'm used to and also the people around him being like what is happening and why are these changes happen to our loved ones so that is super exciting but while the findings from that particular study are not yet ready for clinic it does show kind of the rapid progress that all of these incredible individuals are making to encourage or provide answers um, to all these family members that are going through it um, so I hope that answers your question kind of. So basically in short term, research is being conducted at the moment to try and diagnose it. We are stepping in the right direction, but there's no conclusive way to fully diagnose it as of yet. Um, the next question is, what would you recommend to a caregiver who is struggling? So if you're a caregiver at the moment, a family member, whatever it may be, Support is the biggest thing. And Trisha and I are really keen on that and creating an environment, a space, a community that people feel they can come to for support. So first of all, if you are struggling at the moment, please feel free to reach out to us via our email, which is cttalkpodcast at gmail.com or via any of our socials, our Instagram at cttalkpodcast, um, because we are here for you. And we can provide you some key resources that may benefit from the caregivers that I've spoken to. A lot of them just want to have someone there to listen and someone to say, 
it's okay and I'm here for you. Also on our website, you might have seen on our Instagram stories the other day that um, we have created a resource section. So under kind of the information tab, um, there is a resource post which has links to places like the Concussion Legacy Foundation Helpline, a range of mental health and caregiver lines within US and the UK. So if you do need that professional help, please look at that and I'll leave a link under this episode for that too. So the last question for today is, what's your response to someone saying, well, it's just football, it's just part and parcel of football? Well, firstly, I've been very clear on here so far, I hope, that our aim is not to stop sport. We know the benefits of sport and how great it is for our physical and mental health. And I mean, the NFL, rugby, football, boxing, it's just so large, that's never going to happen. And that's not what we want. But it's talking about the risks if we don't practice safe sport. And I think through this podcast, having the family members share their experiences, the raw experiences and the honest truth about the struggles of CTE, I think it should hopefully make people rethink that it's more than just a sport. And although sport is the biggest part of many, many people's lives, we don't see what goes on behind the scenes, yet we're able, we are lucky to share those stories now through having all of the guests that we have had we are having on and I think people need to second guess practicing unsafe sport because when you're in the midst of it you're not thinking about that you're thinking you're focusing on the game you're focusing on winning whatever it may be but I think people need to understand the longevity of not looking after ourselves and not looking after our brains, our heads, if we are suffering from concussions or if we're suffering from a head injury. So my answer to that is it's not just football. It's part of it. And I think it's, that particular part needs exploring and it needs understanding and it needs people to listen and realise that it's not all fun and games and it can really, really affect you and your loved one's lives. So that's the end of today's episode, everyone. We hope you enjoyed it and we hope that you learned something new today. Please join us next week at Monday at eight o'clock for the next episode of CTE Talk. Hope everyone has a fabulous week and we will see you then. Bye.